Dr. Rona Sherebrin was born in London, Ontario. She earned her DVM from the Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Guelph in 1991. After graduation, she spent a number of years doing locum work in Ontario before completing her acupuncture training from Chi University in 2005. She currently has a holistic small animal practice in Toronto, Canada, where she uses mainly nutrition, acupuncture, and herbal medicines for her patients. In addition to practice, she's been on the board of directors of both the Academy of Veterinary Acupuncturists of Canada and the Veterinary Botanical Medical Association. She is currently finishing her term as VBA president. Please enjoy this conversation as we discuss her education, starting her own holistic practices, and her current practice location that is inside a corporate small animal practice. We also touch on how important it is to be involved in mentoring students and organized veterinary medicine. Dr. Sherebrin, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Neil. Thank Where you. were you born? I was born in London, Ontario. It's a small-ish university town halfway between Detroit and Toronto. Yeah. So um, a lot of flat farmland around it. And... When did you decide you want to be a veterinarian? Uh, it seems like I always wanted to be a veterinarian. Yeah. Always was like knew all the names of the cats and dogs in the neighborhood before I knew the names of the people. Uh huh. Um. So where did you do your undergrad studies at? Um, I did my first year at Western. Um, because mm-hmm. I mean, Western uh, University is uh, in London, and that's where both my parents were working. So yeah. I was a university brat. Yeah. Um, and then I got into um the University of Guelph, the Ontario Veterinary College. Yeah. How far was is uh, Guelph from home then for you? Uh, it's only about an hour and a half. So oh, it's that's not, not too bad. far. An hour yeah. and a half drive, yeah. So you not graduated in... Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. A um, <laughs> <That> slow train. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, did you enjoy Guelph? I did. It, it's a nice place, yeah. I actually have uh, some of my husband's family lives there now, so go back there uh, fairly regularly. How big was your vet school class? Uh, about 100. Oh, that's yeah, good size. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. We were the first class where actually the women outnumbered the men, and we had to flip over the locker rooms. Ah. We were 60-40, and now it's like it, it went up to 50-50, and then my year was 60-40, and it's you know been going the other way ever since. So yeah. uh, I think, I don't know, now it's something like 85 or so percent women in the, the vet school classes there, and I think everywhere. Yeah. Do you get do you get back there at all? Ah, uh, once in a while. Yeah. Sometimes there's conferences or meetings or things. I haven't haven't been there in a while though. Yeah. I haven't been anywhere in a while. Wow. True. <laughs> Sixteen months of lockdowns. <laughs> um, did you get any exposure to holistic medicine in school? Yeah, virtually none. Yeah. yeah virtually none. There was, yeah. and I wasn't. I wasn't really. It wasn't really on my radar mm-hmm. at that point. Even though I was doing, you know, I was raised with things at home in terms of, you know, using uh, uh, things like uh, chamomile tea or or uh, all sorts of whatever things growing in the garden as opposed to buying things in packages in the stores. But, yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't really something that I was thinking about in terms of career path. What sort of medicine did you want to practice when you got out? Uh, you know, originally when I was kind of in, in fourth year and looking at what I wanted to do, um, I was actually thinking about zoo medicine. 
Yeah. Um, but then I had, I did an external elective, a rotation at the Toronto Zoo and at the Winnipeg Zoo. And while it was really a lot of fun and, and very cool, I realized there was a hell of a lot of politics. There was a lot of, um, you know, kind of drudgery work and it wasn't as exciting and, and fun and, and interesting as I thought it was going to be. And I also realized that, uh, the number of zoo, uh, residencies were very, very, very small and I just didn't have the passion for it. And I thought, you know what, let someone else who has the passion for it be a zoo vet. And I'm going to just continue on and, and focus on small animals and somehow passed my equine and, and farm animal <laughs> rotations uh, <laughs> by the skin of my teeth, I think. Uh, and, you know, every once in a while, somebody will call me up and say, hey, can you come and do acupuncture on this horse or on this llama? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I'll see if I can hook you up with someone. But I, I think it would be malpractice to to go and, and do that at this point. Uh <laughs> I can feed them a lump of sugar or a carrot, but uh, yeah, still have some you know, nightmares about equine anatomy classes. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, what kind of practice did you go to after graduation? Um, I actually started out doing locums, which is kind of a huh. bold move for a new grad, uh, yeah. especially since it included some on-call. Um, but uh, yeah, jump in two feet and sink or swim so I swam and uh, ended up with uh, uh, fairly good clinics for the most part and some challenging places that I really got to learn what I didn't want yeah yeah <laughs> and um, and then I then I ended up in a, a downtown Toronto practice um, that was uh, just, it was a one-man practice and then it was a two-person practice as soon as I was hired. And shortly after I was hired, um, it became, well, it was a few years after I was hired. Uh, it was bought by a larger corporate group. It wasn't, mm -hmm. it was like, I don't know, five or six clinics. And so that changed things significantly. Um, and then uh, I, decided to get make my life more interesting and uh, started studying acupuncture. So what, what time frame was that? I was about uh, 10 years into practice. And uh, what happened was actually at, uh, I don't remember which conference, I think it was the World Small Animal Veterinary Association Conference. And there was a lecture that I really wanted to get into, which, of course, I don't remember what that lecture was. But yeah. um, I didn't have a lecture that I wanted to go to before it. So I thought, oh, I'm going to score myself a really good seat in the lecture hall. And I'll just, you know, whatever the lecture is, the lecture is. And it was um, it was Phil Rogers ah. talking about acupuncture and blowing my mind because I have, you know, very scientific background and very uh much um you know evidence-based everything evidence-based and he's pulling up all these papers and talking about you know uh blood from a rabbit that was treated with acupuncture being injected into another rabbit and they both had elevations in white blood cell numbers or something like that i'm like holy and then he started talking about chinese medicine theory and it started 
making a lot of things make sense. So Mm -hmm. I started doing some reading and um, looking into it. And then I realized that there was just no way that I could learn this on my own, just kind of from books or watching, (laughs) watching videos online kind of thing. So I took the plunge and I uh, registered for uh, the course at the Chi Institute. Nice. So yeah. you were you were working in a corporate practice at the time, though. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. they've supported me. Ah. Um, they paid. Yeah, it's it's actually I'm. It's it's weird how things happen. So I approached them and said, "Hey, I really want to take this acupuncture course, and I think it would be really good for the clinic." Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're really behind you. Awesome. We'll pay for everything. You just have to, you know, stay with the clinic for two years after your you get your certification. Yeah. So I'm like. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then I got pregnant with my third child after, uh, probably it was after the first or second session. Uh-huh. Um, so then um, I took some time off and I came back to the next cohort and I finished the the uh, classwork and, and the exam with a small baby in tow. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, and then it took me a little bit more time to actually finish all the, the requirements for certification. And, um, and you know, I, at that point had three children and was working part time and uh, was not feeling supported at all in doing anything outside of the standard veterinary practice at the clinic. So it's like, well, if you're not going to market me, if you're not going to support me, if you're not going to give me more reasonable daytime shifts instead of nights and weekends, um, then I feel like I have no reason to stay. So I resigned. And uh, the, I mean, the, there was some issues going on with the management at the clinic at the time. And the fact that the the medical director was surprised that I was unhappy and resigning Uh. was like kind of a big red, red flag. It's like, really? (laughs) Really? I've been with this company for like eight years and we've been working together for probably most of that. And you had no idea (laughs) that I was unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it goes. Um, so at that point, I arranged to. I wasn't at the in a position to you know start my own practice from scratch. So mm-hmm. I had um, taken on a, a locum position covering somebody's mat leave, where I had done some locum work before for one of the veterinarians in the practice. The owner uh, was certified in acupuncture, and uh, that was a part of his practice. And there wasn't anybody else in the practice that was doing acupuncture. So I was, you know, went and did some work for him, covered a uh, mat leave of, of one of his uh, staff members. Yeah. Um, and decided that I needed to kind of have my own space and found a, a small one person clinic that um, I had a sharing arrangement with. So I could mm. come and see my own clients when they didn't have other other patients, so we kind of worked out a schedule, and um, that was it. Was an interesting situation because the clinic it was not a very well run clinic, and um, when the and the owners did not work there, they had to you know the the person working there was ah. um, 
not particularly um, invested in mm-hmm. the practice. Yeah. And the staff were not very well trained and not particularly invested in the practice. And then um, the locum position ended because the mat leave was finished. Um, and about the same time, I get a call from another person that I knew that had uh, studied acupuncture. Um, and she had been offered a sharing space at the clinic that I'm at now, but oh. she didn't want to take it because she was planning on moving out of the city. And mm. she said, well, you know, do you want this? So I'm like, Yes, I do. <laughs> so I started working there. And uh, so I was working in two locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, spreading myself a little bit thin. And then the um, owners of the uh, the smaller clinic came to me and said, hey, you know what, our, our vet who's working here is pregnant and she's going to go on mat leave. And, you know, we really... Uh, we really want to do something with the clinic, but you know, we're, we're thinking that we could sell it to you. And I'm like, okay. And they told me what the terms were for selling it to me. Um, that, you know, either they sold it to me or I couldn't continue, you know, seeing my patients out of the clinic. Mm -hmm. And I kind of looked at what their terms were and I said, okay, bye. (laughs) Because the place I am now, where I've been for, I mean, I guess it's 15 or 16 years now, um, was a really well-run clinic. It was a Mm -hmm. beautiful space, very well-trained. You know, all uh, uh, the technicians were RVTs, um, like good good high-quality medicine Mm -hmm. in a nice part of town. And um, I had my own large office space, exam room, and it was it was just such a such a sweet uh, sweet location. And the contract that I had with them in terms of the the split billing um, was very favorable, and so I'm I'm still there. And that was. Uh, about, I don't even know, I guess probably about six years ago, the clinic was bought by VCA. Yeah. So I'm now, um, you know, it's it's a VCA space, but they're still respecting my previous contract. And I'm still kind of an independent contractor working out of the clinic, ah. uh, which is, yeah, it's, it's worked out pretty well. And I kind of, I think like I kind of flying under the radar a little bit because um, you know, I give them my invoices and I get my paycheck and, um, and I work well with, with all the other doctors there and, uh, you know, support them. Like I was just in the other day, uh, cause I'd had to do, a, a house call euthanasia, um, somebody very close. And I said I would go and I would take care of, of them and their dog. Um, and I came in just to, you know, deal with the paperwork and, a dog came in who had a stick stuck in on the um, between the carnassial teeth, yeah. um, and everybody else was in appointments. And I'm like, I'm here. 
I can I can take care of it. So you know, just the technicians got the the sedative and you know three minutes of my time and a couple of minutes listening to the dog's chest and okay, good to go. But I'm happy to kind of pitch in in a situation like that where it's needed. You know, I still know how to do that kind of thing. Even though I haven't really, uh, <laughs> it's not really part of my day-to-day practice. I mean, most of yeah. my practice is uh, geriatrics and palliative care, mm-hmm. um, you know, the all the, the crazy things that nobody else can do anything with you know the the chronic gi stuff or the skin and the or people that just don't want to have the conventional care and want a more natural approach um i mean if you consider acupuncture natural which i think i think i do <laughs> yeah so how far is your current place from the from the smaller clinic to did did you lose any clients or did they follow you over Oh, they followed me. They followed yeah. me. I mean, they complained a little bit because um, it's kind of the other side of town. But uh, traffic's yeah. kind of a problem there, yeah. It's just a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You heard about Toronto traffic? Yeah. Well, I took my course up there, so. If, oh, that's right. It's worse yeah. now than when you do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's much worse now. I mean, the city is, has grown. You wouldn't probably yeah. even recognize downtown when all the condos gone up. Yeah. Um. So, and it sounds like they support the, you know, the allopathic docs support you and Mm -hmm. they do, which is really nice. Yeah, it is. You you got a little bit of a feeder system, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not as much as I thought, but, uh, honestly, the, the most referrals I'm getting these days are from, uh, a client of mine. Well, her, her dog's passed away now, but, um, she has a, um, uh, store that sells uh it's like dog food and and natural products um she has a lot of different raw diets and supplements and things like that and you know people obviously go in saying you know i don't want to use this or that medication or my dog's not responded well to to something do you have anything that i could give them and she's like you need to go and see a veterinarian who can help you with that and so yeah yeah it's, That's uh, really nice. You've got a kind of track nice. record that I'm sure client referrals, you know, person to person referral is probably a big part yeah. of your, yeah, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. You know, it is. So when did you get interested in doing herbal medicine then? Was it while you're at the cheer? Um, a little bit. Yeah. Because, um, there really wasn't anybody that was close by that I could do mentorship hours with. Mm-hmm. And so, um, she Institute accepted a certain percentage of your mentorship hours to be um, further coursework there. Ah, okay. So I went down and I did I did a few courses, um, and uh, kind of got got hooked on the herbs. But I mean, it was it sort of fit in with some of my, you know, childhood and and uh, ancestral yeah. <laughs> stuff going on because. Uh, so my family history is, is kind of interesting. My grandmother was born, I think, in 1901 or 1902. Um, and she actually went to university and became a pharmacist in the early 20s, yeah. which was very unusual for women in uh, in Europe that was uh, hungry. Yeah. Um, 
And she would have used all kinds of herbs uh, in her uh, pharmacy practice because pharmacists at that point did a lot more than what they do today. And um, so she knew a lot about the botanicals and uh, used them liberally and um, had a beautiful herb garden growing. And so I kind of absorbed that a little bit from her and from my mom. Um, And then, uh, you know, kind of coming back to it, it kind of felt like it was something that I wanted to incorporate into my practice. Eh, I uh, certainly incorporated things in my own life in terms of nutrition and doing uh, Tai Chi and, and, um, you know, just having a little bit more of a, a natural or naturopathic kind of outlook on medicine for my own personal care, but hadn't really incorporated that into my practice until after I'd started studying acupuncture. Yeah. So what, uh, what kind of, do you use mostly Chinese herbs in your practice now or how's that? Um, I use a combination. Yeah. I do a little bit more because the Chinese herbs kind of work well with acupuncture in terms of the, the TCM patterns. Um, I tend to use a little bit more Chinese herbs, but I do, I do use some Western herbs and, uh, you know, I have, um, absolutely no formal training in homeopathy, but, um, I do have clients that ask me about them and I've sort of absorbed stuff over the years through lectures and reading. So, you know, things, some of the, the combination products like the undas, um, if, if somebody wants something homeopathic, then I'll throw some of the, the under numbers uh, at them and <laughs> say, here, see, see what happens. And, and, you know, making sure that they understand, you know, with the context of the doctor-patient-client relationship that um, I have no formal training in homeopathy, but this is, you know, based on my limited understanding, this is something that I think would be appropriate and uh, they seem to be quite happy, but it's, it's, you know, the handful of, of my caseload is not really a lot. And it's usually in combination with other things, sure. um, but a lot of nutrition. I do a lot of nutrition. I think that's really the, the base of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've been involved with AVAC for a while. I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, um, I was a little annoyed that, um, Ivis and AVAC as a, uh, as a affiliate, uh, national affiliate did not accept uh chi certification. Um, so at, when I first got certified yeah. and, um, you know, I felt that I had something to contribute to the organization, but I couldn't be a voting member because I didn't have an IVIS certification for acupuncture. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, I kind of made some noise about that saying, Hey, you know what, if I was uh, a full member and had voting rights, then I would get involved. And so, you know, I kind of put my money where my mouth was when, <laughs> when the, uh, the, um, decision came down to accept, uh, she certification. Um, based on, you know, myself and I think a lot of other people submitting all of the requirements for uh, certification that we'd gone through, um, then AVAC followed 
Ivis suit and said, okay, well, if Ivis says you're okay to be certified, then I guess we have to say that you're okay to be certified and you can come on as a full member. And, and do you want to start working with the organization? And, and, you know, that's kind of <laughs> been, been on the board ever since. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> so as I recall, when I came up there, there was about, you had about 90 members, I think. Um, yeah, probably somewhere around there. Um, at the moment, our, our membership has dropped with with COVID, and uh, you know it's been it's been tough over the past year. I mean, we're still in the middle of, of members renewing right now, but mm-hmm. uh, well, we're trying to trying to increase membership. We actually have a um, a free webinar in uh, a few weeks to try and get uh, some information out there to conventional practitioners about what acupuncture is and why they might consider referring patients and why they might consider actually studying. So nice. Now, just as far as distribution, would Toronto be one of the bigger areas where there are veterinary acupuncturists? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, there's, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's vets scattered all over the country that are, that are doing acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that there's, there's, a larger number that have studied acupuncture than are certified. And there's a larger number that are certified than are actually doing a fair percentage of acupuncture as part of their day-to-day practice. Um, And then, I mean, I think that's true probably the world over. Sure. Yeah. Uh, It sure seems like in the United States as well. Yeah. You know, people that get trained and they don't follow through or for whatever reason, they don't use the training, which is a shame. It is. It is. And I think, you know, uh, part of that is just the, the pressures of practice and the, the clientele that you have as well. But I think, you know, if you build it, they will come. That's, that's kind of been my, my attitude. And, uh, you know, I, all of the, the integrative practices that I, you know, people that I know and that I talk to, um, you know, we're, we're all very busy. I mean, generally veterinary, there's a shortage of veterinarians right now and everybody's really busy, but, yeah. um, you know, significant wait times to, to get in for, for new patients across the board and a lot of people not taking new patients right now. So does the, uh, does the staff at the clinic book your, book your schedule or do you handle that? Um, I tell them when I'm available and then they book the appointments in for me. Um, I mean, I will, I'll do uh, follow-up booking. So if I'm seeing a patient uh, and I say, okay, I want to see you back in two weeks or three weeks or six weeks, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll schedule them in. Uh, Cause I know if I don't, then they're not going to have an appointment because I've been, yeah. I've been solidly booked for like the, the past three months and looking forward to three, four months. So. It's difficult, right? It's difficult to say no to people when your schedule is full. It is. And, you know, keeping keeping boundaries is, is a tough one, too. And especially yeah. when, you know, VCA has a lovely little phone app so people can, um, you know, uh, communicate with me in multiple multiple uh, lines of, of uh, communication yeah. and modes. And it's just like, okay, this is too many, <laughs> too many different yeah. ones. And then often they'll use all of them, you know, okay, well, I have, I have this email and this email, so I'm going to send it to both emails and, and send a text message to the clinic and leave a voicemail. And it's 
But, you know, it's it's the squeaky wheels that get greased. So I understand. Yeah. All right. So you're, I don't exactly know when your term ends, but you're finishing your presidency year for the VBMA. Yes. Um, it will be as of the, um, the annual general meeting, which is the end of the month, I believe. Nice. I should so check how, on that. How's that been? <laughs> I think it's the 28th. Of June. Um, yeah. June 28th. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, it's, it's been really good. And I'm still on the board. Um, I'll have another couple of years on the board as uh, the past president. And uh, yeah, so we're getting some, some fresh, fresh faces uh, joining the board. And uh, that's, that's going to be, I think it's going to be a nice, nice transition. Everybody's working really well together. And, and I think we'll continue to work really well together. And uh, I mean, there's certainly room for more people to, to join the board and, and contribute just, you know, as a member at large or, or whatever, without having to take on a more, um, you know, more responsibility before understanding <laughs> the ins and outs. I think that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when I was uh, approached to, to join the board of, of VBMA, um, I was, eh, yeah, it's a big commitment, but it's like, yeah, but everybody works together as a team and it's not, you know, the time, the time flies. It really does. Yeah. So. How long, have, how long have you been, been involved? Uh, well, that's uh, four years now because yeah. I was two years as president elect and now two years as president. And then it's going to be another couple of years as, as uh, past president. So it is really a wonderful group, though. I think it's of the like the HVMA affiliate groups. It's my favorite. Is it? Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just a really good group of people and it's an active group and they they do some really cool stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I, uh, I can't even remember exactly how I got involved. I think I met a few people at uh, HVMA conference um, and just kind of got into the whole, it was just a wonderful group of people and, and interesting uh, discussions and, um, and the, the, uh, Listserv always has lively discussions and interesting things, and it's nice to kind of get little little tidbits every every day or every couple of days, uh, as opposed to having to wait and have a big, you know, big lump of stuff to learn at a conference. It is really nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Just before I let you go, I, do you have any words of advice? I mean, we're similarly we're solo practitioners would you recommend this sort of setup your practice style to someone else well you know there's there's pros and cons i mean i don't actually own anything um the goodwill of the practice is me so in terms of having some kind of investment that i can you know sell at some point in the future when i'm ready to retire and and uh, pursue some other opportunities in my life um you know, it's not, it's not a, I don't have a bricks and mortar. I don't have, um, stuff, right. I have my mm-hmm. pharmacy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the goodwill is kind of attached to me as opposed to a practice. So that makes it a little bit more challenging. I mean, I would love to mentor somebody, uh, and bring them on as an associate with the plan of, of kind of transitioning practice to them. 
Um, so far, there really hasn't been anybody out there that uh, at this point, but maybe in the future there will be. And I mean, sort of setup wise, because I just basically have one room. Um, it might be a little challenging to to do that with another practitioner. Um, but I mean, it's you know, there's always ways of figuring things out if if people want to make something happen. Um, you know, I keep an open mind. There's certainly you know, if there are opportunities for me that uh, I haven't even thought of that come along, then, you know, I'm always willing to look at them and see what's, uh, see what's in front of me and make a decision at that point. I don't have any answers either. They're important yeah. questions though. And I continue to ask as many people as I can about it. Right, Hopefully right. I come up with something at some point. Right. Well, it's, uh, it's certainly tr the transition to doing a fair amount of telemedicine over the past year has been interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and it certainly opened up a kind of a new style, a new area of practice. Um, I mean, the challenge is, of course, acupuncture is very hands-on and has to be in person. Yeah. Uh, Chinese medicine is best with, you know, the, the full physical exam hands-on as well. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot that you can do remotely. And um, it, it's, it's certainly in terms of even for follow-ups has been really good to be able to have quick check-ins with people without having to have them, you know, physically come into the clinic. Yeah. I think there's a, there's some, a lot of potential there for sure. Yeah. Well, Rona, thanks so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Neil. All right. We'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.